Alive! It's alive! It's alive! Worth the dime or waste of time? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. With Ricky and James. Hold on to your butt. that time of year when the snow starts to fall the tree and decorations go up and we watch christmas movies to get into the holiday spirit this year we have a new movie available for christmas called noel the film is directed by mark lawrence who is best known for directing hugh grant movies that include music and lyrics as well as did you hear about the morgans it stars anna kendrick bill Hader, shirley mclean and billy eichner the movie did not have a theatrical release as it was one of the first pieces of new content available on the streaming service disney plus welcome everyone to worth the dime or wasted time i'm james joined by my co-host Ricky. Ricky, I know you love this time of year and you were excited to be doing a Christmas movie for this episode. Yes, yes, I was. Uh, I, I love Christmas. Everybody knows I love Christmas. That knows me. What is it about this time of year and Christmas movies in particular that you love so much? I just feel like everybody's nicer this time of year. and it's, Everyone's it's, a little more jolly? Yeah, it's fun. It's festive. People are nice. It's emotional. Getting together with family. So this is normally the portion of the podcast where we talk about our history with the movie, but in choosing as recent of a release as we did, it was both of our first times watching it. So Ricky, instead, let me ask you this. When you saw the lineup for original content to Disney Plus before it launched, did this catch your eye as something you wanted to watch? Yeah, this movie actually partially filmed about 10 miles from me, and I've had my eye on it since it was filming, and then I found out it was coming on Disney Plus like right Wait, away. you mean that this didn't take place in the North Pole? No, no, unfortunately, that's still just a myth. Um, but yeah, so I had my eye on it, and like I like Anna, Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader and all that, and like the plot of the movie seemed great, and like just had a film near here, and it's obviously a Christmas movie, and I'm a sucker for that. So yeah, I had my eye on it, and as soon as I saw it was come on Disney+, Plus, I was pretty excited. So another portion of the show that will be slightly different is where we would now usually talk about budget versus box office. The issue here being it didn't have a theatrical release, as I already mentioned, which means no box office numbers. Obviously, there was a budget budget for the movie it wasn't made for free but after looking high and low for it online i actually couldn't find any numbers so instead we're just going to jump into the synopsis and we'll talk about what we liked and what we didn't like for the movie i actually tried to find the numbers as well and yeah they're like I, I looked everywhere i looked at like five <laughs> different websites i can usually find it on imdb or i can find it on the numbers.com or box, box office, office mojo, mojo. <laughs> <laughs> but no website had it. I went deep into the dark web and I still couldn't find it, man. The film opens with children Noel and Nick waking up to Santa delivering presents to their home. We find out that they are actually Santa's children. And Nick's present is a Santa hat so that he can begin his training to take over for his dad as the big jolly figure one day. Noel brings up that she would actually like to one day have a role in helping in the Christmas family business. But is told by her father that she will need to be there to support her brother when he is the one in charge. Just this first scene, the opening where he comes in on the sleigh, the transition was great. And then like something about that first scene when he comes out in the chimney and all that stuff, it just it reminded me back to Santa Claus with Tim Allen, which is probably one of the best and most underrated Christmas movies ever. So like I knew this film was about Santa Claus's children, but for some reason it didn't click on me right away that that was his children. So that was a big, nice little surprise that that was actually them and the way they set up that scene. Yeah, I liked the idea of similar to the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, like you mentioned, that there isn't just one immortal Santa Claus being that has been the Santa Claus for all of time. That in this movie, instead of some random guy being chosen as Santa Claus, we actually have a lineage of different Santa Claus throughout the years. 
Yeah, I love that twist on that. That was nice. And then uh, all the little Christmas nods, man. Like, he was checking his list twice, saw Mama kissing Santa Claus, Oh My Garland. Just all the little things that were said. I just loved it. There was a moment when he got handed the hat, and he's like, it doesn't fit, Dad. And then Santa says, it will fit you when you fit it. And I was just like, wow, that was deep. You know what I mean? And it was just such an inspiring line. I loved it. We fast forward years to Nick and Noel having grown up and Christmas is approaching. Their father has passed away, so Nick is set to have his first holiday as Santa. However, his training is not going well at all. Noel tries to help and prepare for the big day, but after he continues to struggle, she suggests that he should go on vacation for the weekend and then come back rested and ready to be Santa. Nick takes Noel's advice and disappears without telling anyone. The North Pole is sent into a frenzy as they only have a week to go before Christmas and Santa is now gone. Oh man, Santa dying right off the bat like that, like jumping right into that. I was, we're, we're really <laughs> doing of, this, huh? Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> so I love Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. They're just wonderful in this. They did, yeah, I liked their comedy. They brought the lightheartedness that was needed for this movie, had funny lines that they delivered. I just gotta, t- I just gotta say, I'm trying to say positive stuff about everything, but the CGI was so bad in this movie. I actually had a note for that, too. So bad. It was really bad. I don't know. Again, we don't know what the budget was for this movie because we couldn't find any numbers, but that's something where I'm really curious to see how much money they had behind this movie because the CGI of the reindeer, as well as there are puffins that appear at the North Pole, those look really bad. Like, early 2000s CGI, maybe even late 90s. Maybe even 90s. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like it was made low budget with how the cgi looks definitely and like i i have a note in here that's talking about like in their little uh north pole world like the set design is fantastic and their costumes are amazing i assume that the budget went all the way to that because yeah there might not have been much left over for the reindeer (laughs) oh man something that kind of caught me though when we were going over the training for nick was that he mentions that he's been preparing for this his whole life but he seems really unprepared for it though as they're going through the training he doesn't really seem to know much about what he's going to be able to do as Santa Claus. Like he asks the question of how am I supposed to be able to understand people for different languages? How am I going to get down this chimney? All of these different things. Yet he's known that he's going to take over for Santa since he was a child and he's been preparing for this his entire life and he's he's not prepared at all. Like I think a lot of that was done for the audience and I think part of what we kind of figure out going through the movie is like he doesn't even want this anyways. So it's just like a kid in class who doesn't want to learn a subject. They're not going to end up knowing anything afterwards because they didn't really pay attention because it's not something they wanted that was just kind of my take on it i think at this point we were introduced to um elf polly who we are yeah elf polly played by shirley mclean shirley mclean who's wonderful she was the character is fantastic i think and like her attitude was great i think she just kind of like won the hidden stars of the show noel though at this point has a really terrible attitude and i don't care for it very selfish and self-centered and just you know kind of crappy even though she's kind of lovable by everybody but you know it's one of those things where we got to see her character grow and and we yeah everyone everyone's down on her because she told santa to leave and we're less than a week from christmas now well i mean she did tell him just to go for the weekend not forever so yeah, in her defense he was supposed to come back noel proposes that they try to track down nick to bring him home but the idea is dismissed instead it is decided that the title of santa will go to the next adult male kringle who happens to be gabe nick and noel's cousin who has been working in the north pole tech department gabe is played by billy eichner 
Now, for this, I wasn't really crazy about Billy Eichner's role in this movie. I like Billy Eichner a lot. I love him in pretty much most everything that I've seen him in, from Billy on the Street, which is hilarious, to Parks and Rec, to even The Lion King this past summer. But I feel like Billy Eichner is at his best when he's able to be his most zany, when he's able to be his most Billy Eichner. And this, it was a quieter role. He was playing this tech nerd who was trying to implement these ideas to fundamentally change how Christmas presents would be delivered and what Santa's role would be for Christmas. And I wasn't really digging that aspect of the movie. And I felt yeah. like I felt like anybody could have been playing this role, but they got Billy Eichner, who is a huge name right now. He's coming off The Lion King. He's been doing a lot of great stuff, but anybody could have done this role. He didn't bring what he normally brings to a role for this movie. I, I 100% agree with that. I really like him. And I think there was a couple scenes that we kind of caught a little bit of Billy. But for the most part, it, it wasn't like that. He was just kind of like a sideline character. And I mean, he did his part. But like you said, anybody could have done that part. It wasn't a part that necessarily called for Billy Eichner. And I don't think that's any knock on Billy Eichner. It's what was written for the role. It's just a role that unfortunately didn't stand out to me. It's a role that just didn't really bring much to the movie for me. Yeah, like I think it brought its purpose to the movie. It could have gone either way. There could have been more of it or there could have been less of it. But I think it did its purpose, if that makes sense. I, I understand what you're saying. And just with the training, with, with no- Noelle, she ends up training Nick or trying to train Nick before he takes off or whatever. And it, that, I think that was just fun. It was fun and felt magical. And you know what I mean? And there was funny mm-hmm. moments in there, too. And that was that was really was, nice to see. I thought it was a good start. Yeah, I liked the back and forth between Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. I felt like they had good chemistry. Dude, their chemistry is amazing as like a brother and sister and all that, you know, like, yeah, absolutely wonderful. Noelle decides to move forward with her rescue plan to get Nick back. She discovers that he had left to go to Phoenix, Arizona. Taking Santa's sleigh and reindeer, Noelle is joined by Elf Polly, which we had mentioned is played by Shirley MacLaine, her childhood nanny. They crash land at a mall in Phoenix, where they park the reindeer. Polly stays back with the reindeer while Noelle journeys through Phoenix looking for her brother. Along the way, she's introduced to a world that she has never seen before with people acting and behaving so differently than they do back at the North Pole. After her search gets her nowhere, she sees an ad and decides to hire a private detective, Jake, for helping her in locating her brother, Nick. We learn that Jake is divorced and he does have a son named Alex. So something that I did like, one of the scenes that stood out to me the most was her trying to wrap her head around the world in which she's found herself in, in this... In, in the world of Phoenix. Uh, it's so different than what she's used to back in the North Pole that she had this sort of fish out of water quality about her and how she was viewing the world and how she was just stunned at how people would act. And it reminded me a lot of the movie Elf when Will Ferrell first gets to New York and how he sees everything is just so bizarre and so strange. And he's a child with big eyes and views the world as just all these fascinating things. And that's sort of the same vibe that I got with Anna Kendrick going throughout the streets of Phoenix and trying to really get a grasp of what was going on around her. 100% agree with that. It was awesome. I'm just trying to think of the comparison to, to Elf, and I think that's a great comparison. Minus, like, they kind of made him more like dumb Ophi, and she was more like, you said, the fish out of water. You know, they, like, overplayed yeah, I him, think, where I, hers was perfectly played. Like, her yeah. acting on that part was amazing. There was a moment, she's walking by, she's hot, obviously in her 
her outfit from the North Pole and she sees a, a waitress with all these drinks and she grabs one and just like steals it doesn't realize she's stealing but she takes it and starts drinking it's an alcoholic beverage and she like spits it out she's like oh that's terrible yeah I don't think they made her oafish or dumb for this they just made her naive she wasn't yeah. with this world and that was something that I really appreciated and was probably one of the best elements of the movie for me definitely but I do gotta say they're flying into Phoenix in the daytime how the hell did nobody see them <laughs> like to me that was like the biggest plot hole of the entire show yeah you think one or two people would probably see them crash land into the middle of a mall in phoenix arizona nobody sees anything oh my goodness back in the north pole santa gabe is trying to implement an algorithm to determine who is naughty and who is nice with the new system it is determined that there are not even three thousand children on the nice list in the world gabe states that even those who did not eat their vegetables and did not practice good dental hygiene will be put on the naughty list which shocks everyone at the north pole for every naughty child he does plan to send them a notification that they won't be receiving a gift this year and they would need to try harder for the next christmas dude (laughs) oh and he actually sent them that's that's crazy and it was 2837 to be exact you saw him already trying to delve into the tech world and just how everything is how amazon wants to deliver with drones and do all this stuff like that you know i thought it was very fitting for our modern world to put something like that into a santa claus in the old time the lineage building up to this you know i will say speaking of gabe and the technological aspect of this movie something that came into my mind is there's a recurring joke in the movie of every child wanting an ipad for christmas which is a name <laughs> brand thing and I'm kind of wondering, do they just make Apple products at the North Pole? Do they buy them from Apple? How do, exactly does this work? That's Christmas magic, man. You know you know how it works. Santa working magic. Somehow Santa's got the hookup. What happens I don't know if he gets is... some sort of Santa discount from Apple or <laughs> what. Not exactly sure. Yeah, I'd say Apple wanted it on this movie and they got some money out of it or something. Yeah, Apple's getting their beak wet with this. (laughs) Yeah. I actually, I loved the whole iPad joke, though. I thought that was very fun throughout the whole movie. The P.I. Jake. Like, she just, she kept saying, like, stocking half empty or whatever. And just like the puns, the Christmas puns were great. I really liked the scene when he, his phone was dead and he needed a phone and she's like well can't we just borrow somebody because she's naive that's not how it works in the real world most people don't let you borrow their phones but she just had that vibe that hopeful vibe like that christmas spirit in her and it attracts people and it it stole the scene for me in that that scene you know and how she got that guy to let her borrow it and this pi just has like no christmas spirit whatsoever he's just a fuddy-duddy you know watching that unfold before his eyes it just kind of like sparked something in him and you see it like with the character growth throughout the movie with him as as well as her. Noelle starts to discover that she does have Santa powers, including being able to tell who is naughty and who is nice, being able to communicate with people in other languages, and knowing what people want for Christmas. Along with Detective Jake, she tracks down Nick, who is now running a yoga studio. Nick in the yoga studio. (laughs) With that yoga studio, when Noelle first enters the studio, there is a very soft version of Deck the Halls playing. It's super slow, and it's it's, uh, with a sitar. I didn't pick up on it the first time. I actually watched the movie twice. That's what I do with these podcasts, because the first time I'm usually just taking notes of what I like and what I don't like. And then the second time I'm usually writing up a script of everything that happened in the movie and maybe just some things that I missed. And I didn't catch it the first time, but the second time I watched it, I noticed that there was a really slow version of Deck the Halls playing with a sitar. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. I feel like 
throughout the movie there's a couple different renditions of different songs like in different melodies that we don't normally hear them so you kind of got to catch up on like catch those little things like with the sitar a lot of people would probably miss that moment yeah i wasn't crazy about the score for this movie it didn't blow me away it wasn't terrible but i did like that twist on the christmas classic that we know Throughout them trying to find Nick, they go to um, a homeless shelter and then she walks over and she you just see her like heartbroken seeing all these people like she's never experienced this. You know, she doesn't understand this part of the world. And I think at least for me, like I could feel that emotion from her. And it was it was heartbreaking for me to see that, you know, just for through her eyes, especially this one part when she goes over and it's when she starts to develop one of her first like Santa powers. She's going to be an Avenger soon. Right. She could be. Santa powers. (laughs) It's all under the Disney umbrella. So. So she starts speaking. She's never been taught American Sign Language, but all of a sudden she starts speaking it to this deaf girl. And that's when she's like, how am I doing this? She didn't understand, you know, even though she she starts to throughout the movie and she kind of knew that it was coming from that. But she was just like blown away by it that she could speak in this language. And even Jake's like asking her about it. And she had no idea. And then next we go where she's really hot. And then this is one of the funniest parts of the movie for me is all of a sudden you see the next scene and she's inside a freezer in a grocery store. And then some lady needs some of the ice cream or whatever behind behind her and she opens the door and she's like hand to her and they start talking about the yoga pants and she start she keeps calling it yogurt pants and she's totally confused it was so stupid but it was so funny to me that was one of the funnier parts of the movie see i'm not big on the christmas puns those don't really do it for me i know that they're meant to be light and funny and those are some of the jokes in the movie but those don't do it for me so much what did do it for me were like you just said the yoga pants yogurt pants yes these are my yogurt pants yeah that was all man I was laughing so hard at that part. But yeah, you know, Christmas puns, one, they're not for everybody. And two, they shouldn't be in every Christmas movie. But this being the type of movie it was, I really loved it in this movie. Nick informs Noel that he is happy with his new life here in Phoenix. He doesn't want to go back to the North Pole. He feels that he can't live up to the Santa name. Noel and Nick get into a fight, and she leaves the yoga studio. A letter arrives from the North Pole explaining Gabe's plan to make major changes to Christmas and how Noel must get her brother back to save the day. Using the help of her little reindeer, Snowcone, who still has terrible CGI. There's too much of that terrible CGI reindeer throughout the whole movie. So with the help of that little reindeer, Snowcone, she tracks Nick down to a yoga retreat in a botanical garden. She gives him the letter explaining the situation back home (laughs) (laughs) with nick it was kind of fitting for his character to be a yoga instructor because she was telling him he needed to go relax and like who are some of the most relaxed people it's the yoga people you know what i mean and like just the way he talks is like how chilly was but i also liked how excited he was when he saw her and how he freaked out at first it was a really cute moment and again it goes with their chemistry that was just phenomenal oh the botanical gardens oh my goodness That part was another really funny part to me, like when they're trying to be silent and he's trying to be silent and finally she makes him break and they're just she's can't just sit still. She's like all crazy. That was another moment that reminded me of Elf when he was sitting there trying to be quiet at his dad's office or whatever and also at home and he couldn't be and he was just like hyped up on like the syrup and stuff. Nick reads the letter and meets Noel back at the mall where the reindeer are located and she asks him to give the training another go. He reluctantly agrees, but when a mall Santa and Nick get into an argument, Noel steps in, which leads to her being arrested and evaluated by a psychologist. I really like that scene with Nick playing Santa. Like, he didn't want to play Santa. Like, that was his whole thing throughout the whole movie. It's like, he doesn't want to be Santa. He doesn't want to be Santa. And then she's like, she's making him. It's just so hard for him and it's so awkward for him and he just doesn't know what to do and he plays that role so well. Do you feel like this plot, this story was predictable at all i felt like when i was first introduced to these characters in the first scene we already know where they're going to end up we already see that nick doesn't want to be santa he's very reluctant to be santa that's his big thing
thing, and he's not going to end up being Santa. We see that Noelle wants to be Santa. She wants to be involved with delivering presents, with being involved in the family business, and that's eventually what ends up happening. To me, I kind of felt like I knew what the plot was going to be within the first 10 or 15 minutes, and there weren't really any surprises along the way. Not that there necessarily has to be surprises in every movie, that there needs to be something that completely comes out of left field, but for me, I felt like the plot was fairly conventional and predictable. Um, yeah, it, it was incredibly predictable. I will say that, you know, I was actually having this talk with a guy at work the other day about movies like that. It doesn't bother me when movies are predictable because I'm really good at predicting movies as it is. So like if I went by that with every movie I watched, like I'd be disappointed in 90% of the movies I watched. That doesn't bother me anymore. But some people I know it really, really bothers. And you're right, though, like it doesn't have to be something surprise in every movie. And so for me, even though I knew that that's how it was going to end up, it was more about just watching the journey unfold. And I really enjoyed this journey. I guess for me, by the time that we got to the end of the movie where Noel ends up taking over and being Santa Claus, it just felt like I knew that this was going to happen within the first 10 minutes. I was able to predict pretty much everything that happened in this movie. The only thing that I didn't predict correctly was I thought that Noel would fall in love with Detective Jake. I actually thought that there was going to be a love story there. Surprisingly, there wasn't. I actually liked that there wasn't. But everything else, I felt like I saw coming a mile away. Yeah, same, man. Like, I actually thought because there was a couple scenes with them where she looked really spent with him and there was even mention from Polly a couple times of her looking at him and so yeah I thought there's gonna be a love story but I agree like I'm glad there wasn't I feel like we're overlooking like some fun points and for me it was like I don't even remember her name that's how bad it is it was the mall the director lady i thought about mentioning that in the script but that was so forgettable to me that was another thing that part was so forgettable and her love story with the petco employee that i didn't even include it in the script that was another that was a part of the movie that for me added nothing to it at all you really didn't need to have that love story you didn't even need to really have that character at all but it was something it was just filler to add like five or so minutes to the movie by the end of the movie where she gets her christmas present i was like who is that lady again why are they showing exactly. her? Yeah, I agree. It was probably unnecessary. At least the love story aspect of it. That didn't need to be there. But I, I feel like her character helped progress along with like Anna showing her Christmas spirit and getting help out. And it, it was fun. Like her parts were fun, but I didn't think they're necessary, especially the love story. No, I really felt like they there was a lot of filler with her character, the mall director's character. And in a movie that's only an hour and 40 minutes long, it's hard to say, but I actually felt like this movie dragged on. I felt like I was constantly looking to see how much time was left for this movie. It felt like it could have been trimmed down a little bit more. You sound like the Grinch right now. <laughs> Play it, I just feel like I just feel like there can be you can trim a little bit of the fat here and that's definitely one element that I would trim away if I was going to try and cut this movie down another five minutes or so yeah if I was going to cut anything it'd be those parts like like I said they were fun but they weren't necessary Polly goes to Jake for his help in freeing Noelle from the hospital she is being evaluated at. The breakout is successful, and Jake sees Noelle and company leave in the flying sleigh led by the reindeer. They race back to the North Pole to stop Santa Gabe's plan. Nick advocates for Noelle being the new Santa. The elves agree after she gives a speech stating her case. So first of all, the elf Polly, her outfit changes were killer. I absolutely loved her character in this movie, and like especially the outfit changes. Each time we saw her, she was totally different, and it was just fantastic for me. I liked that she would just find a lot of outfit. Like she would go to any store, maybe in that mall, and just try and find any outfit that you would see on a mannequin. A lot of southwestern outfits, since they were yes. in Phoenix. I loved it. That's what it was. It was almost like a mannequin dressed as a mannequin, but it, they fit her, and it was really funny because each time, and they were like extreme outfits for the most part. And then when we get into like 
during the therapy session with uh, Noel, the therapy ladies listing off all these people who were like crazy and talking about they're this or they're that. And then she's like, one guy thought that he was frosty. And then Noel just freaked out. Like this was another on point acting from Anna Kendrick to where she's playing that fish out of water thing where she's just like, frosty's here. Yeah, I think there was some line to where the doctor mentions that she has a patient that believes in the tooth fairy. And she says, oh, that's ridiculous. Yes. And she mentions that there's another one that believes in Frosty. And she says, oh, Frosty's here. Yeah, yeah. And then like right after that, them seeing the sleigh flying and like finally like you see the pi was like he thought she was just crazy the whole time and then he realizes at that moment holy crap like she's not lying there's a sleigh flying 11 stories up i was gonna ask you if you saw noel being santa coming and obviously we all did it was just but uh no her speech though dude so it was super progressive like a woman becoming Santa and and they played that through the whole movie but they they played it nicely but like I could see just a bunch of people guys particularly are gonna watch this movie and to be like well this is trash like there's a woman Santa woman lead and like this is super progressive and like this is silly but it was it was great for me like like it wasn't overly feminist it was very progressive but it was still in like that speech that she gave it just shows the character growth throughout there and man it was the, the waterfalls came on man I didn't have a problem with there being a female Santa I think my biggest faults with this movie lie with the predictable storyline that there was not all of the christmas puns worked for me the cgi wasn't that good oh, but we'll get man. into all that stuff a little bit more but no i didn't really have a problem with there being a female santa i i, I didn't really care one way yeah. or the other i didn't figure you would but i'm just saying like i could see a lot of people coming into this and just being like maybe probably not even watching the movie just because they know that it's that way you know what i mean and that's too bad because it's a great movie And like back to the speech, like it totally inspired me. And I just really hope that anybody who watches this, whether they like this movie or not, I really hope they came out at least a little bit inspired by that speech. Yeah, absolutely. It's now time for the big night. It's Christmas Eve and Noelle starts on her trek to deliver presents to children around the world. It starts out rough for her, but as the night goes on, she improves and is able to complete her task. We see that Jake will spend Christmas with his son Alex and his ex-wife, who he is working with, to co-parent. The movie ends with showing us that Noelle is once again beloved in the North Pole, Nick Sue is yoga, and Gabe has returned to the elf tech department. Saying that things were a rough start for her is probably an understatement. <laughs> that was... <laughs> There was a really funny moment, but it's also probably like one of the most ridiculous moments. Like she goes down these chimneys and she's getting caught by these kids. She's finding lasers. But then there's one where she drops down and there's people up just celebrating and they're like, we're Jewish. And like I did like that line. That was that was a good one liner. It was hilarious to me. But then when you think about it, it's like, why were they not freaked out about something coming down their chimney? You know what I mean? After the rough time, like the one kid is like her biggest fear was not being accepted in the speech. I believe about being a female Santa. And that was a big thing throughout this movie. And then uh, there's little boys and stuff in the thing saying, you're not Santa. Santa's not, Santa's not a girl. Santa's a man or whatever. So then she gets back to the homeless shelter and she's trying to sneak in and clumsy Anna Kendrick, clumsy Noel. She steps on this toy, wakes everybody up. And she's like, no, 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 go back to sleep. Cause she's already having trouble with this. And then the same girl, the American sign language girl in the homeless shelter, she says, Merry Christmas and calls her Santa. And that moment just clicked in her like, wow, they believe in me. I really am Santa. You know, like that was what she needed to hear that whole time and coming. That gave her the confidence to be able to go forward. Yeah. She felt like she was finally Santa, especially coming from that girl because they had that moment together earlier. But just like in general, like she needed to hear that. And that really just changed her whole demeanor, her whole, whole attitude towards Santa. And that's when she started to turn around. She went back to some of the places 
pieces and fix stuff that she needed to fix in like Greece and Paris or wherever. I, I did like that moment of all of the heartfelt moments. That one, I think, struck truest for me. I had misty eyes, dude. It was... It was a sweet, sweet, sweet moment. Also with the with the dad, you know, when she dropped him off and she's like, she basically badgered him. And by badgered, it's more like gave him Christmas spirit, gave him the confidence to do what he was too prideful to do. And that's to go see his son on Christmas because his son just wanted his family together for Christmas, but he didn't want to because she has a new husband and he didn't want to be awkward and make it bad for the son, but that's all the son wanted. So finally he decided to go there. And when you see him show up and the son is just so happy and even the mom was so surprised supportive and happy of it it was just it was christmas spirit man it was literal christmas yeah. spirit right there and it was beautiful and i love that now we'll move on to favorite scene for me my favorite scene was when noelle was first introduced to our society and she was walking through phoenix looking for her brother nick like i said it reminded me a lot of the movie elf with her being an outsider from the north pole who doesn't understand our strange customs she played it so innocently so she was very naive in the scene and provided good bits of humor for the scene particularly when she took the alcoholic beverage like we talked about and then spit it back up saying "Ooh, this is terrible Dude, that part seriously killed me man i loved it just that whole scene but yeah the alcohol part was so i I think so for a lot well of people done. that watch that, I think that's going to be their favorite scene. She plays oh, it yeah. really well. That's a great answer. That was solid scene. Me, on the other hand, I don't even know how to answer this. There were so, so many wonderful scenes in the movie. The beginning and ending shelter scenes, like I mentioned throughout this talk, you know, and like you said, Noelle walking through the city when she arrived, that was great. Nick playing Santa at the mall, you know, that was fun scene for me i think i'm gonna go with the uh, sappy curveball you know not not a funny scene not a fun scene but a sappy scene it was uh the scene where her character growth in christmas spirit inspires jake to do the right thing and go be with his son for christmas and getting to see how happy his son was we talked about there's a lot of heartfelt moments in this movie but that was that was a good one it wasn't the one that i liked the most maybe for me personally but that was a good one to be able to see that jake could spend time with his son yeah definitely all right, now we'll talk about who stood out in the movie. Ricky, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Who stood out in the movie for you? All right. Well, I really enjoyed Bill Hader, big fan of him, and uh, Shirley MacLaine in this film. And I think they were like the perfect supporting characters. For this, I'm going to go with Anna Kendrick. I think she completely stole the show. Obviously, it was her show to begin with. She didn't really have to steal it. You know, she was the main star. But her acting was brilliant and believable. She grew, from my opinion, from naughty-ish to very nice and was sweet and at times quite hilarious. She had that out of place vibe and the lack of knowledge in the real world. She was splendid to watch and I just loved it the whole way through. So great minds think alike. I actually went with Anna Kendrick as well. And I thought she did a good job in the movie as the focal point. Obviously, a lot was on her shoulders. She played the fish out of water angle very well. Her character ending up in Phoenix brought a lot of good comedy to the screen like we talked about. That was some of the, the funniest stuff for me was when she was trying to acclimate herself to this uh, strange world that she had found herself in. She made it easy to believe in her character because she was so jolly because she was having she seemed to be having a lot of fun with her role in the movie. Whatever flaws I do find in the movie, it wasn't due to Anna Kendrick exacting yeah if there was any flaw it's definitely not not her she was hilarious and just sweet and funny and like you said she she played it so well probably because she was having so much fun now let's give our verdict for if it's worth a dime or a waste of time on rotten tomatoes the film has a critic score of 53 percent and an audience score of 63 percent for me personally i'm going to say that this is a waste of time despite me enjoying kendrick and hater in the movie i felt like it was a predictable plot the runtime of an hour and 40 minutes felt a lot longer than what it was i kept looking at the time and found myself bored with the story in a genre where there are so many better christmas movies like elf a Christmas Story, a Muppets Christmas Carol, The Santa Claus, like we mentioned with Tim Allen. I'd say go watch one of those movies. 
I didn't want to be too hard on this movie because it felt like they didn't get a very large budget for it, as evidenced by the CGI. (laughs) But I just wasn't totally into this movie. And there's so many other great Christmas movies to watch. So I don't think this one is going to make the rotation for me and something I'm going to watch year after year. That's fair. So uh, let me start by saying this film wasn't 100% perfect, namely the CGI. Yes, we're going to mention that as many times as possible, how horrible the CGI was. I'm still a sucker for Christmas, though. And Anna and Bill and Shirley were wonderful beyond words in this. The one thing I know that will get picked apart on this is how predictable it is. And it is. But for me, that aside, I think the movie was brilliant. It was an emotional and hilarious roller coaster ride from start to finish. I did not get bored with it like you did. But, you know, like we all got different things so for for me it was great along the way i love all the christmas details the puns the new takes on things like the lineage of santa claus you know different from the santa claus was tim allen like we talked about where it was actually a full lineage not just somebody putting on the hat and it's being magical i like that take on it and i also like from that to the possibility of having a female santa you know like that's something we've never i don't really think we've seen that in this yeah i think that was new you know and i really like that i loved it all for me I differ. This was hands down one of the best Christmas movies I've seen in quite some time, and I will be definitely adding it to my yearly Christmas list uh, alongside Home Alone 1 and 2, Santa Claus series, Love Actually, and Elf. So for me, this is 100% worth the dime. You still haven't given a waste of time to any of the movies we've reviewed. I know. I'm like... I was thinking about this today. You just love all the movies. I'm a cinephile, man. I love movies. And it's hard because I try and pick out, I try and see the positive in all movies. I don't really want to go into this wanting to have a waste of time. That's my issue is like, I don't want to search out a waste of time one. Yes, eventually it'll happen. And I kind of want it to happen just because I don't want it to all be worth the dime. I don't want to actively search that out. No, I'm, I'm the same way. I don't go into a movie wanting to hate it or wanting it to waste my time. But with this movie, it just, it didn't do enough for me to make me want to watch it a second time. I probably will never watch this movie again, if I'm being completely honest. Unless for some reason, when I have kids, they're flipping through Disney Plus, they decide <laughs> that they want to watch it. That would probably be the only thing. But of my own of my own choosing, I, I don't think I would seek this movie out again. That's fair. All right, that's going to do it for Worth the Dime or Waste of Time. Ricky, thank you for joining me. Hope you have a great holiday season. Hey, you too, man. I'm actually going to see you this holiday season, so that's going to be fantastic. I know. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time on Worth the Dime or Waste of Time. Yeah.